It's very early on a cold December morning in Maine. A large warehouse, which would normally stand quiet, is full of activity. Workers manning forklifts move thousands of boxes from the warehouse into the dozens of waiting trucks. And inside the boxes, wreaths bound for Arlington National Cemetery. After hours of loading, the fleet of trucks and drivers begin their journey. For some drivers, it's just another trip across multiple states. But for others, it's something bigger, something more important. These 18-wheelers have all been donated by the biggest shipping companies in the country for today's journey. A way of serving those who have served and given their lives in the process. As they make their way, a police envoy joins them to aid them in their journey. And at various spots, small crowds have gathered to cheer the trucks on. For a number of communities along the way, this has become an annual tradition. And then, hours later, they approach Arlington National Cemetery. As they get closer to their destination, they find a larger crowd near Fort Ellsworth. School buses and police cars join the convoy. A marching band plays. Families cheer them on, the small children wondering, what's all this fuss about? They finally arrive at Arlington Cemetery, just as the day is ending. The truckers greet each other, as well as dozens of volunteers who are prepping for the next day's event. Their journey's done, but things are just getting started. And early the next day, the truckers open their rigs and help to unload the boxes of wreaths. These wreaths are then organized by hundreds of volunteers and then given to even more. These volunteers, men, women, children, families, veterans, then take them and place them carefully on every grave. And then they stand back, take a moment, and say the name of the fallen service member out loud a tribute to that person for giving their life. The truckers join in, taking out some wreaths on their own. They say the name of the fallen and then look back to their truck. It's been a long journey, but an important one. Back in 1992, Moral Worcester, owner of a Maine-based wreath company, found himself with 5,000 unsold wreaths. Wondering what to do with them, he reflected on a trip he made to Washington, D.C. at the age of 12 and how affected he was when he visited Arlington National Cemetery. Inspired, he and his family organized a small convoy to place those wreaths on the graves of the fallen. What started out as a family venture over the last 31 years has turned into an organization with tens of thousands of volunteers that places millions of wreaths every year on graves across the country. It's an inspiring event, one that celebrates the importance of freedom and service. In today's episode, our hosts sit down with two members of Wreaths Across America, Executive Director Karen Wista and Education Curriculum Director Cindy Tatum, to talk about the organization, its new outreach to youth across the country, and how some people from Maine refuse to enunciate their R's when speaking. I'm Carrie Varuhikis, 
and this is Army Matters. Is there a member of the Army or extended Army family that's made a special impact on your life? Would you like to thank them publicly? We're airing an upcoming episode we're calling our Shout Out Special, in which listeners have the opportunity to share stories of how someone has aided them along the way and let them know the impact they've had. If you'd like to give a shout out to someone, please call us and leave a message on our HUA hotline at 703-236-2914 or send us a note to podcast at ausa.org. That's 703 703- 236-2914 or podcast at AUSA.org. Hua. Hey Dan. Yes, Les. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. I took a little vacation last week, got a little bit of rest. So man, so you took some leave. I took and, some uh, leave. And yeah, and then you, you you quickly dumped me and got a new co-host. I- no, I didn't do it. They just gave them to me. I would talk trash, but I can't because she's actually a wonderful person. Yes, she is. Yeah. And our team works pretty hard. Dan, you've been to Arlington Cemetery before, haven't you? I have. I, I can share a story that I think will sum it up for our listeners. And this is a 100% true story. As you know, I, when we had dignitaries from foreign dignitaries come in, we used to do a couple things. We'd lay a reef in Arlington National Cemetery. We'd usually give them a tour, and part of that tour was the cemetery itself, After, typically right after we, we laid the reef at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And I won't say which country, but there was a foreign country with us that day. And the chief of that foreign country, once we got done with the tour of Arlington Cemetery and laying the reef, he looked at me and he says, I know why American soldiers fight so hard. And I said, why is that, sir? He goes, because you take better care of your dead than we do our soldiers who are alive. That's the impact it had on a foreign leader. And for our listeners, if you haven't been to that hollow ground, that sacred hollow ground of Arlington National Cemetery, there's a reason why it is so sacred because those who give their lives in defense of our freedom deserve the most sacred place to lay to rest. Yeah, and it's it's really not only Arlington National Cemetery, it is all of the military cemeteries in the United States and in other countries. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that you feel that same sense of solemnness. For me, you know, there's uh, several of my soldiers that we lost when I was the 20th Suburban Commander. And I had a spouse come see me uh, because she lives close to where her husband is buried in Arlington. And uh, the, the kids gave me a picture. And the picture was of, and it's in my office. You haven't seen it before because I just brought it in. I just found it as you go through boxes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, you got on the ground in your class A uniform with my youngster when I was pregnant with this little guy. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Wow. And so, you know, the the thing about uh, Arlington Cemetery and all of our national military cemeteries is that it's a solemn duty of all those that, that participate in the part and part that they play. But also, you know, the many volunteers that take care of those uh, those grave sites uh, because they're special to each each person. We have two people on our our podcast today that that represent a great organization. Yeah, you got to sit down with people who really do care yeah. about 
our national cemeteries. Yeah. And they do something special every year, don't they? Every year, yeah. Every year, yeah. And I think they have a goal, right? Their goal is to, to put a reef on every gravesite in every national cemetery. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's a big deal. And it's, uh, and you could tell, you know, we're not as chipper uh, as we normally are doing this because this is a, a pretty solemn piece. But yeah. these are some fun ladies that, that we have on the, on the podcast today. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're not as chipper as we normally are. This is very serious and very yeah. sacred to us. But, but we should be happy because yeah. um, these two ladies work hard to celebrate the lives of those who gave everything for us. That's a real special thing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's bring them on, Liz. Yeah, it's good. Hello, everyone. I'm LaSharon Duncan, one of the senior producers for Army Matters Podcast, and I am filling in for SMA Daily. Although we miss his presence, I think we'll still have a little fun today because we have two amazing women joining us from reefs across America. We have Karen Worcester and Cindy Tatum. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. LaSharon, you didn't introduce me. I'm going to get to you, sir. My feelings are hurt. <laughs> Aww. So, yes, I would love to let you know who is with us, our, all, our fabulous, amazing, oh the great, the awesome, Lieutenant General Retired, Les Smith. Say hi, sir. <laughs> Come on, LaSharon. There's no need to lay it on so thick, even though you really forgot about me. I thought I was a co-host here, too. I'm Leslie Smith, the former Army Inspector General. And I'm really happy to be here with you, Karen and Cindy. But, you know, before we begin, I have an important question. Where are you from? Because I'm hearing a bit of a twang, aren't I? Do I need a translator? Is that no, it? No, no, you need... don't need a translator. Just tell us where you're from. I'm from Columbia Falls, Maine, and you hear no R's. We don't bother with them. We you don't, don't need them. Ours. Okay. No, no, <laughs> so I will tell close? you. Yeah, go ahead. The worst, the worst interview that I ever did in my life was with Joe Piscopo. Okay. And if you can imagine <laughs> Joe Piscopo and I trying to talk to each other, it was like a comedy routine. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. How about you, Cindy? Where are you from? Well, I was born in Virginia, okay. but I am uh, have been a resident of the state of Tennessee for longer uh, than I actually lived in Virginia. So we are between Memphis and Nashville. Come on, you all. Let's focus. Come on. Let's talk about Reefs Across America. Karen, for those who aren't familiar with the organization, can you tell us what it does? Our mission is to remember the fallen, honor those that serve, and I think most importantly, to teach the next generation the cost of freedom. And we're most known for placing wreaths on veterans' graves during the holiday season, but we actually are a year-round organization, and Cindy works very diligently on that teach pot, and we're seeing our curriculum be downloaded many, many, many times. And I believe firmly remembering is the least we can do, Honoring is the least we can do, but teaching is the most we can do. That's great. Because the next generation needs not only to enjoy freedom, but to be responsible for it. And teaching, sharing the stories and embracing, bringing them in to understand what the, what the sacrifice is and how fragile freedom is, that is a responsibility of all of us as adults in this country. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Service is... It is the bedrock, um, I think, to keep our community and our organizations together, this country together. Um, so how did this 
organization began, I understand um, your husband started this initiative in 1992. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, we had been in, still are, in the Boston products business for many, many years. We do still a lot of meal, a lot of catalog of wreaths and, and those sort of things. And that particular year, he had a surplus of wreaths. And it was middle of December, and he wanted to do something worthwhile with these wreaths. And he recalled a trip that he won as a paper boy to Washington, D.C. when he was only 12 years old. And so he made some calls. He said, it'd be really great if I could take the kids, a couple people, and go place these wreaths on graves at Arlington so the kids could see that and make a connection and be a real teaching process. He called a friend in the trucking industry and said, hey, can you truck these? And like the Beverly Hillbillies, we loaded up the truck and we went to Washington, D.C., and it took them all day. They were in Section 27, the oldest section of the cemetery. And it just made such an impact on their lives. They came home, and it was day after day they'd think of somebody else's name. And so from 1992 until 2005, we just took 5,000 wreaths every year as a family. We made them special from that point. Wow. And then in 2005, a Pentagon photographer took a picture. It happened to be in the cemetery for a funeral and took a picture of the wreaths on the graves and the light snow, and it went viral. Thousands, thousands of emails, and people calling, and people sending money. And I think what really got us is he'd get calls from people right out of the blue, and they'd say, is this true? And then they'd cry. So we kind of rode a wave to have to do this. And fast forward to this year when we will be at 4,000 locations, placing over 3 million wreaths with over 3 million volunteers. So that's, that's great. I've heard you say once before, we have a heartbeat in every community. Could you explain what that means? Well, every one of our locations, and like I say, we'll have 4,000 locations this year, has a volunteer. And that volunteer, more than likely, is somebody like Cindy, who's got skin in the game who's had somebody serve or has lost somebody or has, has served themselves. But it's that volunteer. They go out in the community and they involve the Boy Scouts. Most of our locations will have somebody from each branch of the military to place the ceremonial wreath. And they also, uh, lots of times we have teachers that will go out in local cemeteries and write down the names and have the kids do research. And that is the heartbeat. Karen, I've heard you use this quote quite often. It says for our listeners, they say you die twice, once when you stop breathing and later when someone says your name for the last time. Would you mind sharing with us what this quote means to you and Reese Across America? You know, Karen mentioned that there were approximately three million people who lay the wreaths. And the important thing there is that a third of those are young people. One of the things that we encourage them to do is to say the name of that veteran on that headstone. And that goes right back to the belief that as long as someone is saying the name of that individual, then they're never forgotten. At some point, my husband and I and my son's brothers will not be alive anymore, sadly. And as a Gold Star parent, my hope there is that Reese Across America will continue long past the days that we are present to say the name of our son. It's very important that young people 
are aware that the freedoms they have, all of the things that they are able to do on a day-to-day basis, there are those who have fought and have died protecting and preserving those freedoms. And by saying that name for that person's loved ones, it's very significant. There are people that will snap a picture at the cemetery and year after year, they will go and they will place that same wreath and they will say the name for someone who might not be able to be there. And so it's very, very important. And it's all a part of the teach component that we instill in our young people, that freedom is not free. For me, when you're standing there with the kids, and for me, that's my favorite part of Ruth Across America, is to see a family and see them talking to their kids and saying that. It becomes very personal. And a kid to actually register that this is a person, this is somebody that was loved. It helps us instill into the lives of these kids what real sacrifice is. When Cindy and I talk about our kids, she talks about her son just the way I talk about my six kids, because that's what keeps him alive. And by us doing that in every cemetery, we're keeping these people alive. You know, I always quote Pericles, which probably sounds funny for this old blonde lady to be doing, but I came across a something that he had written that what we leave behind is not what's written in marble and stone, but what we weave into the lives of others. And that's what we're doing. We're standing at that grave, but we're weaving those stories and those names into the lives of our kids so that they will feel that love of country. This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. VA sends a weekly email to over 13 million veterans that's jammed packed with amazing resources. Subscribe for free at va.gov forward slash vet resources. Tuesday, November 28th is Giving Tuesday, the National Day of Giving. AUSA is asking you, the Army community, to answer their once-a-year call for financial support. 100% of your donation will go to the program of your choice, NCO and soldier support, educational resources, family programs, scholarships, our Center for Leadership, or where needed most. Make an impact on Giving Tuesday at www.ausa.org donate. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Army Matters. We're here with Karen and Cindy from Reese Across America. Now, Cindy, I have an important question to ask you about someone that you loved. Your son, Corporal Daniel Lee Tatum. Can you tell us a little bit more about him? You know, I think a lot of people shy away from asking Gold Star parents about their children. I think it's because they feel like it'll make us sad or make us very unhappy. But I think to the contrary, I never turn away from a chance to talk about Daniel. Daniel was in the Marine Corps, and he had joined after he found out that his older brother, his unit, was going to be deployed to Iraq. Daniel said if his brother was going to serve, then he also would serve. And Daniel served two tours in Iraq, 
And when he came back from his second tour, he had called me on Christmas Eve day and said, Mom, I need to know how to make your green bean casserole because we're getting ready to cook this big old dinner here. And I said, Daniel, don't you think it's a little bit industrious for a bunch of Marines to think that they're going to cook Christmas dinner? He kind of laughed and said, well, you know, um, uh, we can do anything. So the next day, Christmas Day, we had just been sitting around the Christmas tree, kind of waiting really for him to call, because, of course, he was stationed at Camp Pendleton out in California, and we are in Tennessee. It was probably 10 o'clock. My older son saw this van pull by and slow down outside of the house, and he kind of looked at me, and my husband looked at me, and I didn't think much about it. The van turned around and came back into the driveway. And when I see this van that's full of Marines, and I can remember telling my husband at that time, I said, oh my gosh, Daniel has found a way to come home. He is here. He is here. He's going to get out of this van. And of course, that was, um, that was not the case. Um, and the casualty officers came to our door and, uh, of course, said, um, are you Cynthia Johnson Tatum? We were great to inform you that your son, Corporal Daniel Lee Tatum, was killed in an automobile train collision last night. And um, so that's how we found out about his passing. Cindy, thanks so much for sharing that. I would have loved to have met and known Daniel. Cindy, how did you get involved with Gold Star Mothers and then Reach Across America? I had a very dedicated lady who is also a Gold Star mother, Molly Morrell, and her son, Captain Brent Morrell, was killed in Iraq. And so she called me right before my family and I were getting ready to fly out to Camp Pendleton for the memorial service. And she talked to me on the phone and she said, well, I'll call you when you get back, but I want to tell you about this organization called the American Gold Star Mothers. So she called me monthly the next year and a half. And finally, I said, yes, I will come to this event. And so fast forwarding, went through chapter president here, department president in the state of Tennessee, and then served on the national board for American Gold Star Mothers for eight years and was president of the organization 2020 until 2021. Karen and I met for the very first time at the very first American Gold Star Mothers convention that I attended back in 2010. Okay. She and Morrill had done a wreath presentation. My husband and I walked outside because it was a little break. And a few minutes later, Karen and Moore came out the door. And I, I looked at her then and I said, I know that at some point we're going to have to be connected because of the proximity of what you do to my own son's passing, both of them being at that time of year. So fast forward that, if you will to 2020. And of course, that was the year of COVID. And Karen had asked me if I would uh, serve as a grand marshal. And I went and it was absolutely phenomenal. So at the end, we had placed a wreath 
at the Tomb of the Unknown. And Karen, I have something that I'd like to ask you to do. And I said, call me, because I'm definitely game for this. There's something I think Gold Star families usually say, and that is there are no coincidences in life. Uh, We are where we're supposed to be at the time we're supposed to be there. Cindy, thanks so much for sharing that. It really means a lot to our listeners to be able to tell the stories of our fallen and as a ghost, our mother. Important for you to, to tell those stories. Cindy, you are the lead for the educational component of the organization. And I'm sure you have interacted with a lot of youth in your time being there. So would you mind telling us a story of one of the young people you worked with and how this organization has positively influenced them? Absolutely. Zach Van Gilder is from West Virginia. He just turned 13 years old. He has been a volunteer with Wreaths Across America for eight years. And he has done everything from directing traffic to unloading wreaths to fundraising, you name it, he has pretty much done it. And so this year, he was awarded the Wreaths Across America Learn Award. And he has decided that he would like to be a location coordinator. This year, he is going to serve as an assistant location coordinator at the age of 13. (laughs) Wow. That kid's going to be running the place in a couple years. And Karen, how about you? Can you share a story of a young person who has been changed by this organization? I don't have just one child that is affected positively. I have something very emotional here. I have six kids and nine grandkids. Oh, wow. And they've grown up in this. Okay. And Cindy didn't want this job of being a gold star mother, but her kids understood what it takes to keep us free. My kids get it because they've listened to the stories. My middle daughter, I'll never forget it. It was Lloyd Byers. We listened to him speak one time. My daughter was 14 at the time. And as he spoke about his son and what his son had done, he knew that he was dying. But in his last breath, he kept telling his unit, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. And when my daughter came out of that auditorium, she said, I get it, Mom. Now I get it. So my kids have been exposed to this. This is why I love Reese Across America. It's almost every one of those three million Rees will be sent by somebody who couldn't get there to put a wreath on their loved one's grave. And to teach those kids that that's a person. And then to do the act of kindness of maybe taking a photo and sending it to the person and bringing us closer together. And if every kid in America could have the opportunity that my kids and grandkids have had to meet the Cindy's and to learn about Daniel and just be part of the bigger picture that is what this country stands about because we're good and we're strong. And these are the strongest people, and we need to build the rest of what we are on that. You know, Karen, I completely agree with you. Where can people go to find out more information about your organization? ReadsAcrossAmerica.org, you can find out where we are. $17 is a sponsorship that not only places a wreath 
If you can't be there, they'll go into the hands of a volunteer that will say the name of your loved one. If you're struggling with the economy and you want to give a good gift to a family, give them the gift of a wreath that's placed on a veteran's grave in the name of their family and give them an opportunity to teach their kids. But try to join us if you possibly can on December 16th because it will bring you closer to your community. And I like to think when we say three million names this year that we're going to all be brought a little bit closer together. Well, everyone, I think this is the perfect place to end this podcast. Karen and Cindy, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome so much. Well, I love talking about Reads Across America. You know, the joke is that talking to me about Reads Across America is like trying to get a drink out of a fire hose. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) To all our listeners, thanks for joining us. Army Matters is brought to you by the Association of the United States Army, the U.S. Army's professional association, member-supported, Army-connected. Visit us at AUSA.org for more information or to become a member. Your membership helps AUSA continue to carry out its mission, educate, inform, and connect with the total Army, our industry partners, and supporters of a strong national defense. Today's episode was hosted by Lieutenant General Retired Les Smith, and SMA retired Dan Daly, an anchor hosted by Carrie Barrow Heckes. Anthony Dale Call is the producer and writer, and Andy Bosnack is the supervising sound editor. Unzinga Curry is the executive producer, and the senior producers are Carrie Barrow Heckes and LaSharon Duncan. Be sure to subscribe to Army Matters wherever you get your podcasts, and please leave a review. As you know, we love seeing stars in the Army, especially if it comes in the form of a five-star review. AUSA's Army Matters podcast can also be heard on Reese Across America Radio on Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, on the iHeartRadio app, the Odyssey app, and the TuneIn app with the search of the word Reef. AUSA's Army Matters podcast's primary purpose is to entertain. The podcast does not constitute advice or services. While guests are invited to listen, listeners, please note that you're not being provided professional advice from the podcast or the guest. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of AUSA. For questions or to provide topic recommendations, email us at podcast at AUSA.org. I'm Will Sharon Duncan. Hope you have a great Army day. Hua.